Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Bald Move TV Podcast. I haven't done one of these in, I don't know, six well, months. Well, me and Cecily took it over for Banshee. So I hear, You yeah. said something about wanting to re- reclaim your corners, your territory. Banshee? Yeah, that's right. Okay. You're just going to come in here and just piss all over it and uh-huh. mark it up, <laughs> spunk it up. Right. Musk it up. That's what I... Spunk, spunk it up. It's yeah. entirely something else. Spunk it up. That's a Run DMC song. Uh, what? <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, we just watched a couple of things. We just watched Outcast, the, yeah. the premiere of that show. Which... Cinemax put it in early release. If you have yeah. uh, HBO Go or Max Go or... Um, I think it also dropped in... What's the on-demand? Yeah, the on-demand service. On-demand service? Yeah, like if you have cable on-demand. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So uh, we, we're taking advantage of getting to see something early and talk about it. Yeah, and we also finished watching uh, the latest episode of Silicon Valley. Yeah. I hadn't seen it yet. Halfway through the season. So let's talk about Outcast first. Okay. Uh, the big, the reason I was somewhat intrigued by this is that, number one, the, I've been watching Banshee and the trailers have been creepy as fuck. Uh, they mostly showed, well, let's, let, I'm, I don't want to do anything any spoilers yet. Also, it's uh, executive produced by Robert Kirkman based on a comic book series by Robert Kirkman. He seems to do that a lot. Now, why that was a, 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 an attractant for me, I can't explain, but I'm, it's more yeah. like, hey, it's in the Bald Move wheelhouse. We need to check it out. And it's scary. I'm kind of going through a, a horror renaissance. Yeah, uh, I, I like the horror renaissance that's happening on television right now. It seems yeah. like you know horror shows were a thing that kind of died in like the 90s, maybe, for, yeah. for a while, and they're now coming back. There was one show... I want to say it was like ABC or something called The River that I was hoping would be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was okay. Not great. Got canceled after the first season. I remember a talk of The River. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I. So we're going to spoil this, I'm sure. If you want to just hear, if, 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 you, if you want to wait until you've seen the first episode or you just want to skip right to the... Uh, I want to say Office Space, but it's uh, Silicon Valley talk. We'll have the time codes in the show description. Yeah. Uh, but we're about to start spoiling Outcast. Uh, the trailer prominently showed the introductory scene of the little boy smashing a cockroach and sucking it off the wall. The uh, trailer showed that. Yeah, that was oh, like wow. that was kind of the only teaser. Like it showed that, and and I That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I'm like, well, this this might actually you know, be as fucked up and creepy as like, my, my early experiences of The Walking Dead. And I found that uh, it's certainly interesting. It's got some things that are corny about it, but and I, I really like the atmosphere and the dread mm-hmm. uh, and just how fucked up it was. But I feel like it's triggering some PTSD dealing with fundamentalist <laughs> religion because this show is asking me... Like, I, I remember turning to you at this one point, and I'm like, I've had real conversations with people that are going the same, and it's it's so right. weird. Spoilers start now. Yeah. You're talking about the scene in the grocery store where yeah. the two women from the church approach him or, or, and say, we want you to come back. And they're whispering about you. you. You can tell yeah. they're talking about you, and then they talk, and they're like, oh, we want you to come back, and then you try to yeah. be nice and noncommittal. The next time they see you, they're going to be like, well, you didn't come back. You said you're going to try. You need to do better than that. And at some point, you're going to be like, fuck off, bitch. But then I you're the asshole. Live my life. But then you're the asshole. Right. You've come across right. aggressive because they're just trying to help you. And it's I, it's, I swear to God, it's about to make me break out and hide. <laughs> and then I remember a couple yeah. of years ago, I read a description from, or it was a story about these fundamentalist exorcisms and how, like, you know, uh, 
you can just be like, I'm tired of being in this religion, mom and dad. I've moved out. And suddenly five elders from your church come and hold you down and start screaming, the power of Christ compels <laughs> you and splash you with holy water. And like, Ugh. imagine how terrifying that would be as a normal person who might not even believe in God. Right. And until you completely stop resisting and affect whatever they're looking to see from a recovered demon possessed person, you're never getting out of that situation. Right. And to me, that's horrifying. That's like yeah. up there with getting thrown into a mental institution against your will and right. having to be completely calm to get your way out. Like, I, I feel like that's, ah, I feel like an animal caught in a trap. I don't know if I can keep watching it, man, because, like, aside from the horror, I just feel all this fucking crazy baggage stuff weighing me down. Huh. Okay. I, I mean, I don't I can feel tell. that as intensely. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, and I don't. I I don't know why. Uh, well, I'm. So I never had that period of being half out uh, of of the the church. Yeah, like you did. You uh-huh. kind of went away from it. Yeah. and didn't get disfellowship for a long time yeah, afterwards. That's true. So that's true. You would have these random encounters where people would be like, "Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. You should come back." With me, it's like. I'm all the way out, and you if you're talking to me, you're probably going to be demon possessed. So get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Like uh-huh. they don't—they just didn't talk to me. Yeah, but you know, like being in because that's the thing. Like in, in our religion, uh, demon possession was treated as an actual thing. Right. There was stuff in the literature about it, and stuff about repelling demon attacks, and stuff about demons entering your house by watching a show like Outcast, for example. It's just yeah. really this crazy kind of un- discomfort level. I yep. don't know. Uh and the the show I I know. Um I've I've seen like the Exorcist and stuff and sure. those shows those movies creep me the fuck out. Uh-huh. Um there's what the sixth seal? No, the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind was pretty fucking creepy. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. Not the third kind. All right. Not the Steven Spielberg. It was like this demonic possession is this movie. some kind of Italian no, possession? No, no. no, it came out in American theaters really? like a few years ago, huh. maybe five years ago. Okay, uh, but that was pretty creepy. These these movies do creep me out for sure. I just I never quite understand the rules around mm-hmm. a demonic possession, like why punches affect the devil, yeah, or demons. Uh, I I know holy water is a thing. You can sure. toss some holy water on them, but I also like. I just have so many questions. Uh-huh. So many questions about demonic possession. Okay. Well, that... let's, 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 let's work, it, let's work <laughs> through it. You want to unpack these? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, why is demonic possession always so isolated? Why does it, why does it come in like ones and twos? Hmm. Uh, why doesn't the demon just... All, all Satan the, get all Satan's of his demons together. just come together, 400 million, entire country. Like, let's say, well, just possess all of Russia. Uh-huh. Just take over Russia with demonically possessed Satan troops. Well, uh, for a point of fact, there are many fundamentalist Christians with who would assert that upwards of 90% of America's soul is controlled by the Satan and the devil all the way up to the president but of the so United States. But so indirectly. So indirectly. Like, why not directly control them? If you can, ha- if you have that power... Hey, they're having gay sex in the streets. They're shooting up drugs. They're... That's the demons? They're, they're snorting the cocaine. They're, right. they're listening to disco music. They're, they're playing <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's wanton devil worship. 
That's essentially. True. That's true. Mm. <laughs> Didn't consider that. And I'm like guilty of like four of the six things I just mm-hmm. rattled off. I'll let you guess which ones. Uh, Never played D&D. Let's narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is this going to turn into a never have I ever? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So if I give a try to uh, put up a real answer, because this one guy asserted that there's not one town in the world that doesn't have a case like this that everyone just kind of ignores because this right. shit doesn't fit into our modern world. Yeah. On uh, the last episode of Penny Dreadful, um, they introduced this concept of like, you know, Lucifer uh, being extremely weak because people in, you know, in Penny Dreadful set in Victorian times, it's like the beginning of the modern age of science. People have stopped believing. People stop believing in God, much less Satan, and he's it, huh. it's actually weakening him. Like the the that he has to have some vector to get inside. And you that's know what belief. would fix that? Possessing four hundred million people <laughs> in like, the last ditch effort. Right, just yeah. go all out, and pe- more people will believe if you show yourself more often. Sure, sure. Um, that's yeah. You're right. It seems like he missed his. He missed his breaking points. Like, he should have been keeping, keeping his eyes on the numbers, on his ratings. Yeah, and don't keep all these people they locked dip, in bedrooms. As like, soon as possess- they dip, it's, hey, you know what? Uh, like, ten people quit believing me today. It's time to drive a herd of swine off of this cliff. Right. All right, Legion, do your do your, do your your deeds. Or you fucking possess Dan Rather or something. Like, sure. Like, prominent figures. Get Tom Cruise... Uh, he, he'll go for anything. Get him on board. Are you sure that Tom Cruise is not possessed? <laughs> I'm not 100%. <laughs> I couldn't state that as fact. But no, he does that Oprah thing where he's jumping on the couch, except for now his right. head spins around 360 degrees. And he sprays and he's pea soup, soup. Yeah. out both ends. Perfect. Done. You're right. That would, you know, I honestly, that would give me pause. Right. None of this makes sense. Like, uh-huh. I'd go, oh, that's a crazy special effect. Sure. I wonder why they chose it to go that direction. <laughs> uh, he, I will say that. This kid, I don't know how much of this is CG and manipulate because it was all you know, it was in a very dark set but very crisp. But like yeah. some of the positions he contorts into, mm-hmm. it, it's I mean, that to me is like really creepy where it's not oh, like yeah. the levitation and throwing up just the like what the human body could be capable of if it was being piloted by an entity that not only didn't care but is malicious. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, no, it's it's creepy for sure. Um, but, but, just so unnatural. Let, let's keep let's keep uh, setting up these demonic pins and okay. knocking them down. All right. Well, let's go with powers. Like once you demon possess a human being, you've got super kicks. Yeah. Why are you ever going to get pinned to the ground? Why are and you why ever are you gonna content get... to stay in this little boy's bedroom? Like march on yeah. the street, start a revolution. <laughs> right. Or why are the powers of the devil limited hmm. within a human body? Because it seems like. The kid obviously has super strength. I mean, those kicks aren't kid yeah, kicks. Yeah. Those are demon kicks. Uh, why is it that the demon, even though he can levitate, can get pinned to the ground? I don't know. Maybe the human... And punches bu- affect him. Why does that... Why would the demon care about the physical form of the kid being punched? It's like a, I mean, the human frame like, can only take so much power before it gets burnt out. It's like uh, hooking sure. up a, you know, a one-amp electric motor to like a, a thousand-amp current it's just going to instantly trip its breaker or burn out yeah so like the devil is trying i but yeah you, that does feel like that why is he content to just it's, it seems like now you know if i want to go inside the universe it seems like the devil has a particular interest in the protagonist seems Kyle. like it. yeah and i'm glad because it was starting to also drive me crazy that they have the multiple mysteries surrounding this guy 
and everyone is talking about them because it's perfectly rational. Like, you know, these people have dealt with the situation. They don't need to talk about it. Right. But I'm glad that they at least gave us enough to understand where we're standing with him after the first episode. Yeah, and if we want to, you know, talk about the actual show and yeah. not just demonic possession. Sure. Uh, I, I thought it was fairly well constructed. Uh-huh. Uh, I think as far as season and series premieres go... That wasn't bad. It told me a lot about the main character. And the main um, character found out an important revelation about themselves. Uh, what did he find out? The blood. Which, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if he's Somehow this is going to be demons. one of these last scion. What is his Last scion? Scone? La, or... Last scone. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you take the last scone from the devil, you're marked for life. He wanted uh, that. He knew. You knew he wanted it, and you <laughs> ate it right in front of him. Is it scion? <laughs> I don't know. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. essentially, a blood relative of Christ. Well, that's like the. It's exactly what the priest did. Hmm. He said, I brought you donuts, but I ate them all. That's. See? Fuck you, man. See? For I brought you scones, devil, but I ate them all. That's the kind of writing you get with Robert Kirkman. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. Um, and we get a little bit, I guess, of backstory about the priest. You know, he wasn't always. Yeah. That guy, and then he had a, an encounter with Kyle, the, the his main character. Yeah, that his was mother. his origin story, right? And he apparently fought that demon back. I guess at least to the point where his mother is now catatonic in a nursing home. My, uh, my and qu- it changed him. Yeah, and and that's also just baseline scary. You've got a demon possessed mother, which could also be because I know that Robert Kirkman was raised with like in kind of a fundamentalist yeah. religion or like that's his background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't, I think he's still a Christian, but you know, obviously huh. okay. not a Bible thumper um, or maybe he's an atheist. I don't know. Um, but I felt like that uh, a lot of this works as, you know, just straight up child abuse and neglect or like what it's like to have a mother that's addicted to some kind of crazy drugs like meth. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like some of this is like peekaboo levels of like, oh, my God, what's it like to be a little kid and your mother locks you in a cupboard? And, you know, it always gets the little touches, like the fact that he's drawing drawings and putting on the refrigerator and he's drawing inside. It makes it even more tragic because it's like there's this kid just trying to fuck cope with this fucked up reality. Right. You know, his mom's going to crawl down demon possessed, smell him up and then throw him in a closet for God knows how long. Yeah. Got to be terrifying. Yeah. And it works as both. It's got enough real world like, oh, shit, this could really happen. And then you add the demon possession on top of it. Now, my big question after this first episode, other than can I keep watching it and remain sane, is why is he so skeptical that the little boy is faking his demonism? I don't know. When he's had multiple demonic encounters that it doesn't seem like he's repressed. It seems no. like this, and in fact, the thing that happens with his daughter is like fresh in his mind. Mm-hmm. Why does he think this little shit is just pretending? I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, once you see those things, like it changes you like it did the priest. Uh, yeah. And this guy doesn't seem, he seems to want to run away from it. That seems to be his solution, right? Yeah. To everything. Just run away. Yeah, I mean that's uh, the he thing. even like, tells the priest, "Let's run away." I mean, I'm an I'm an atheist, but if I go outside tomorrow and in thousand feet high letters in the sky is you know the name of God written in flame, I'm probably hitting my knees. Okay, like shit, I backed the wrong horse. Maybe it's not too late to turn things around. Like now, there might be other thoughts. Like, am I losing my mind? But if you right. are, it's like you might as well just go with it because it's an elaborate stunt. Yeah, like you know, there's time to sort all that shit out later. Science will figure it out. But if it's straight up the Almighty. 
you know, it's not going to hurt to hit your knees. <laughs> this guy has gone through this twice, and he's still like, nah, this kid's faking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, so... You know, aside from getting over the logistics of demonic possession, mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. The effects were really good. good too, like him vomiting out that. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the dodgiest effect was the soul sucking, which yeah. I've yet to see. I mean, almost like what is he doing there? Like, I do don't we have know. any idea yet? I, don't I feel know. like there's a larger mythos to this, sure, because um, the kid says something like, uh, "We're going to come for you" or whatever. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking this last stone of Christ thing is, <laughs> yeah. is is my theory that he's got something because because the so sucking his soul is something the devil wants to do, but mm-hmm. this guy's blood burns like a, the napalm version of holy water. Yeah. Uh, and has and his the power. punches are like the kryptonite fists. Yeah, coming down on the devil. But I wonder, like, are you going to find that that it's like it's not the f- punching so much? It's just that, like, you know, uh, you 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 scuff up your knuckles and you start bleeding, and that's what's actually doing it. Or maybe he's just uh, got maybe. super demon powers. Maybe. I mean, his hand was bandaged up afterward. Yeah, and that's I'm like I'm trying to f- I'm because the show seems to invite you to come at it from a some pseudo scientific angle and also mm-hmm. a spiritual one, right? Uh, and uh, that's that's what I'm trying to do. So yeah, no, it was, it was good. I, do you I, think you're going to watch more? I would like to, but I don't have Cinemax. I can. I you you do have Cinemax. You're you're hooked up to my cable box that has Cinemax. Oh, that's right. And yeah, you can on demand it and all that shit. So oh shit, all yeah, right, you got yeah. full on demand access. It's yeah, not, it's you, SD. Is it even worth watching? It's not <laughs> either. It's HD. Well, you, the sling box is SD. Oh. I don't know. The I've always, signal I get. Oh, really? Because I've always shitty. had better, better than average. I, I, I think yes, it is the SD box, but I feel like a patch ago it unlocked the full HD. Because <laughs> when we watch The Walking Dead, it's not like shitty. It, it's not great though. I mean, it's not bad. It's not great. I'm not going to say Whatever. it's as good as like it's streaming watchable. through Netflix or HBO, which are like pristine, right? But it's it's pretty good. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing we want to talk about is Silicon Valley. Are we right? done with Outcast? I think so. Yeah. Unless you I, want to talk more about it, I'm going to see what Cecily thinks of it, and like maybe if you watch it a couple times. But I, I don't know, man. It, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um Okay, we can talk about Silicon Silicon Valley, something that's also frequently uncomfortable. Oh yeah, real uncomfortable. Uh, you know, lots of spoilers for this too. So if, if you're, you're not caught up to the halfway point of Silicon Valley, episode five, I think is what we just watched. Yep, season the, three. Of season three. Uh, then, uh, well, you just you you picked the wrong podcast, right? And you're going to hear about a lot of really horrible stuff. Yeah, uh, like horse fucking. Yeah, yeah, full on horse fucking. I mean, full penetration. That was incredible. I mean, Fuck when they. <laughs> When they commit to a joke like that, it's it's yeah. part just the sheer audacity of what they're doing and part the fact that they just really lean into it. And it's like yeah. comedy torture. It is. It is. And it's uh, like it they did this you. last season with the Mexican restaurant, which I thought was amazing. With the mariachi band uh-huh. coming right at the... The most important, crucial moment when mm-hmm. he's about to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. I I just think this show has a lot of guts. And Mike Judge is just doing kind of his own thing, and I, I give all the credit to Mike Judge, but I know the other the co-creator is, you know, a big influence on it too. Don't know his name though. I do don't. You? I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. How much credit you want to give? Not that much. <laughs> apparently, another instance of that is like Ulrich with his ripping off a bong hit oh, that God. got away from him. 
episode four. That was amazing. And I to, was rolling. I mean, I was laughing super hard because of just how committed they were and uh-huh. to the effect that, like, it was hard to understand them talking over his, you know, <laughs> coughing his lungs up. Uh, and you can see the actors on set almost cracking up, sure, too. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. And then he takes that second rip and does it all again. Right. <laughs> like, and then they cut away, but barely recovered. Yeah, amazing. Oh man! And Ganesh's. This is why we don't D- Dinesh. I think. Dine- is it Dinesh? I think so. Ganesh yeah. is the elephant head guy. Yes, I don't. That's probably racist. What I just did there. Yeah, Dinesh. Uh, his chain. Decided oh, to right, treat less. himself yeah. with that's so so. So my only, I guess my only. We we've all been there, right? Like. You want to try something new, yeah. That's kind of a little bit out of your personality, right? As as other people know you, because you want to join, you want to try, you want to grow as a human being, right? How do you integrate something new into your personality without getting chastised for it? A have better friends, sure. I mean, these people are not his friends. Gilfoyle is not his friend. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. But I'm I'm super curious about this because I feel like you just you the other way to do is just not give a fuck. Like right. the, if right. if you can't survive it's some ball busting, then is it yeah? Is it a change you're really committed to? Right, and that's essentially the point there. Like he takes it off the next day, and they're like, "Oh well, yeah, now right. we're gonna bust your balls forever." Yeah, so you might as well you're never wear living it. it down. Yeah, if you'd have just kept up, we would have gotten bored in a day or two. But yep. uh, and then they also have like surprisingly deaf physical. Uh, like when Richard, yeah. he was having this crowning moment of badass and awesome mm-hmm. while he was taken to action Jack Burton. Is that uh, the, Barker? Barker. Barker, I think. Um, played by Stephen Tobolesky, yeah. who was really, really good with his stupid conjoined triangles or, of success. <laughs> of success uh-huh. And Richard, as he, and he just leans on his desk to like get in his face, and he <laughs> his hands slip on the paper, and he just does a full header on it. Oh, that's amazing. And it, and you're like, man, I've never seen Richard like conquer this way. He's uh-huh. really slaying these people. And then that just uh, brings him right down to earth. And, God, it's so fucking yeah, funny. I, I, I do love that, the, the feel they have for this show, where they they stumble their way into success. You know, they are really smart guys, and they're really good at the one thing they know how to do, which yeah. is engineering and programming. Yes. But, and that's man, it. when they get out of their element, they are really out of their element. And it's only by the grace of fortune, mm-hmm. the grace of chance, that they are able to build a company, yeah. right? Sometimes I feel a little bit like them <laughs> in I a lot of ways. No shit, no shit. Like, uh, uh, I could build a website, right? I can and speak I can in this audi- microphone. do a little audio engineering, but <laughs> other than that, uh, yeah, so, like, they had been showing that moment in the previews a lot. Um, like, the season previews had showed that moment the where he smashes smash. his head on and the that's, desk. And I guess that's, I'm glad that I ignored all that, and I don't yeah. watch the next week's on. Because right. that thing was, in the moment, really, really funny. I laughed out loud, even though I sure. had seen it coming oh, and knew it right, was coming. Right, But, yeah, the, this the violence of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, what was the other thing that I was amazed? Like, And they also do this thing where you think the funny thing is going to be one thing, or, or not even funny, like when he goes in there to give it to the PR director mm-hmm. um, before he gives this interview to this muckraking tech journalist. Uh, which is a thing. He, I'm thinking what's going to happen here is this PR person is going to tell Lori this, and she's going to be so impressed with his 
forthright analysis of the company that she's going to offer him the CEO gig. Me too, yeah. But it becomes eventually apparent, and I don't think I don't think I figured it out until they actually pan to the PR director that's sitting there, at the t- like yep. wondering where the hell he is. Same here. But then the horror re- hits you, and you're so far into the other scene <laughs> that you think, "Oh God, what what can he possibly say to fix it?" And they cut back, and he's saying something even worse. Yeah, like you know what, the original founder. I'm glad he's dead uh-huh. because if he was alive, he'd want to blow his brains out. <laughs> like. This shit is so radioactive. Oh, God. Yeah, it's amazing. But here's the thing. This is the other thing about the 30-minute format that's starting to get old for me. Is there's only so many ways you can introduce a threat that's going to destroy your company and then literally resolve it in the same 30 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting how the main villain is just as fucked up as they are because Mm -hmm. they just continue to... I would say it's like a, a a tennis folly, except for it's almost like a string of double faults that they keep serving back to each other. Yeah. No, I mean, he's... Like, nothing ever sticks. No plot development, except for the end of the season ones. Those are the yeah. ones that... But then those are resolved the very next episode, so it's like that's a little bit Adam West Batman. Well, I mean, they do have a couple of threads. They have the macro and the micro, I think, which they're... I think they're doing a pretty good job with it. Um, the macro of of building this business and and the tech world in general is funny, on, sure. on, just on the face of it. And then all, all of these micro scenarios they get into in an episode. I don't know how they keep coming up with just. Uh, I, I mean they like they have these big moments. Yes, uh, seemingly every episode. Yes, and like as much as like the middle out compression stuff when they figured that out the oh, dick sure. scene yeah i mean there are big memorable things that people talk about for for the rest of the year sure every season and, and I, I almost like you said there's it's very rare to have a just a bummer episode in fact yeah. I, I i'm sure there have been i think there've been a couple where i'm just like yeah but like the the amount of moving forward and burning through these set piece comedy things versus the number of episodes, yeah. it's 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 a really amazing run. Yeah. It's just a little I don't know. It's like it's weird for me to say they're executing such a high level and consistently funny, but also like burning me out with the gimmick, huh, the, like okay. a constant cliffhanger. Kind of like I think yeah. people were the same way with the last season of Daredevil, like right. There, you know, at the fifty-minute mark, there's going to be. Except for this, it's like you know, in the five-minute mark, Richard or Gilfoy or Dinesh or Ulrich is going to do something that's going to destroy the company, mm-hmm. and then by the twenty-five-minute mark, it's going to go away. Yeah, yeah, I, it is somewhat repetitive, but the jokes are good enough, and I guess I like these characters enough. Like yeah, the characters themselves are very entertaining. I feel like this is the first season where I've really gotten a lot of affection for more of the cast. Like I first yeah. I thought just Gilfoy is an unbelievable asshole and even Dinesh. <laughs> right. Like they're both like the type of programmers that I just fucking hate working with. Uh-huh. Because that's the thing. But strong characters. Yeah, and here's the thing, like there are people that exist like that that are yeah. so unbelievably good that they can be massive assholes and racist and whatever and get away with it. Yeah. But but because and in part because of some of this glorification of that anti-hero coder stereotype, there are way more people who are mediocre at best at coding and carry themselves. Yeah. In this way, and 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 it sometimes fools management. Like huh. management buys into that that fucking weirdo loner antisocial douchebag stereotype that that sometimes appeals, especially in like smaller shops and. 
Oh, God. But <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing with girls. Eventually, you have to realize that these are not real human beings. They're just emotional stunt dummies that yeah. get tortured for your amusement, and you start to pick up on the things that you like about them. Mm-hmm. Like Gilfoy pretending to be the Geek Squad employee. Oh, it's great. Everything you wanted it to be. <laughs> yep. And then... It was more than I could have expected from that scene. Yeah. I thought he was going to go in and there was going to be some operation where he was like, oh, yeah, you need to do this, and he's playing no, around he just with He doesn't even bother. He just walks in and drills the this fucking This fucker's thing. 85 years old. He doesn't know, his, you know a boot sequence from his asshole. I'm going to be gone before he calls anybody. It's Yeah, yeah. it's the perfect crime. Uh and then the fact that also this is fucking over Dinesh. Uh, yeah. But in a way yeah. that if, like, if Dinesh even really serious complained, Guilfoy would be like, well, do you have a backup? And like, you either do, in which case shut the fuck up, or you don't, in which uh-huh. case, what are you, some idiot? Right. There's no, backups. it's, yeah, like, that's, there's, that's a blatant act of hostility to which Dinesh cannot complain about. Right. And he always seems to have him over the barrel like that, which I think is funny. And... You know, it helps to have have this all centered around a guy who I think is likable, Richard. You know, he always tries to do the right thing. He's a little awkward. Oh. I, I think, well, okay, more than a little awkward. Uh, I, I think he's very likable. Yeah. Especially coming from, like, his, his sort of background, me as a programmer. I think yeah. he's pretty much what I would want to be with maybe a little more social skills. Yeah. But he's got, he's like... Like, like Jared is the one who I don't really get because I don't. What does he bring to the company? I guess he's the company's mother. Pretty yeah, he manages and he's, all. He of does, the... He's also got like um, you know, the the in, the the financial background. The, he does right? and like project management. He can do the administrative estate stuff. sales and like yeah. auctions and. But he, you I hated on... him in the first few seasons. Oh, I, I did not like him. I... There's an episode where he gets stuck in a Google in an automatic driving car. Yes, and goes off to a fucking sea base. Yes, I hated that episode. No, I I know, and the, he's the character that I think this season I'm finally starting to appreciate, and I think it's because. It seems like every episode you find that some crazy fucked up thing about his past. Right. Like, he, you're going to find that he was raised by wolves at one point. Uh-huh. And he's there is, like, some kind of terrifying, crazy hell space beneath that mask he wears. Yeah. And I, do you think we're ever going to see it? That's a good question. Like, he's just going to fucking go insane? I think maybe if Richard got in enough trouble and wasn't able to defend himself... That the true Jared might come out. Like I, he might kill and eat a guy. He might. <laughs> he might. I mean, I don't <laughs> like the thing. About, so, so he's like they lay the breadcrumbs really well because in this episode he's always saying like weirder and weirder things about his past. Like, oh well, I I can find this hard drive. I was able to find my biological father in a militia in the Appalachian Mountains the, or <laughs> wherever it was. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which okay, that's you know nothing and super they, they strange about, about that. They talked about him being adopted and having. Right. I think before, like you knew, like all he's not from a non-traditional upbringing. But but then later in the episode, they're like, uh, I, "I is it your birthday today? Oh, I think it's my birthday. They weren't actually able to find my birth certificate, but no, it could see, be my birthday. Child Protective Services wasn't right. able to find, so he was like taken out of some kind of like he was born." Maybe outside of a hospital and never got a birth certificate, and then or that he was just such a victim of neglect that he was taken away by child protectors, put in the foster care, and his uh-huh. biological parent. Well, I mean, his dad is in a fucking militia in the Appalachian Mountains. Uh-huh. Yo, what was his mother? Was right. she the Kyle's mother from Outcast? Like, is this <laughs> maybe Outcast the the middle years? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's amazing. I just I love how they're they're just revealing those little nuggets of his past. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely warming up to <laughs> the Jared fact that character. you know he was working. He has a lot of elderly fl- friends, and he's seen. Uh, Old people's dead <laughs> right. bodies naked. Right. No comments there. Like it's oh man, it's I, yeah. I like the I like how they're twisting up his character. Yeah. Pretty entertaining. Um, I, I love uh Kumail's reaction to that. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't seen a naked dead body. The other thing to be honest is like I've gotten so much more affection for Kumail since last year. Yeah. Because he was just some, you know, kind of stereotypical American Indian programmer. Uh-huh. Um, and I, he's a big part of, like, the Harmontown podcast. Uh, I've listened to, like, you know, to prep for the new X-Files huh. seasons, his X-Files files. What does he do on the, the Harmontown? He just hangs out with Dan and plays really? D&D and does uh, their, uh, what do they call that, uh, improv stuff. But he's really okay. funny and he's, like, yeah, he got is. this really funny and a well-written wife that he's always talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, he just seems like a really cool dude. He does, yeah. He's into a lot of the same stuff we are. Like, yeah. you don't host an X Files podcast if you're not a geek. But he succeeded by being a nice guy and being yeah. smart and uh, being and funny, being and being nerdy. Like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I got my mad respects for the guy. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's about all I have to say about Silicon Valley. But yep, uh, looking forward to the next five episodes. And this that. is this is why we don't cover comedies because we have literally yeah. wrung everything to talk about in five episodes, and I think we didn't break fifty. It's yeah no it's it's and it was all just like wasn't it funny when yeah so don't mean, expect a lot of these comedic uh, reviews and, and it is impressive how they continued to kind of nail uh, both accurately nail and um, satirize Silicon Valley yeah like Gavin firing his team and literally hiring them all back in mass right and not even knowing this this like and he's well, little... not even knowing yeah that's the part I was gonna say this happened with Giant Bomb. Sure. Like Giant Bomb fires Jeff Gersman and Ryan Davis leaves with him. They start, or, or sorry, not Giant Bomb, CBS, CBS GameSpot, yeah. right through GameSpot, fires yeah. them. They go off, found Giant Bomb, which then gets bought by CBS. CBS and co-opted back into the. It's so weird. Yeah, so fucking weird, and it happens all the time. Yeah, and I just think it's weird incestuous community, and that's just the stuff you hear about, like in yeah. the wild and crazy incubator space. I bet like oh, that's man. so incestuous and you get so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's really, really good. Um, I wonder how many more seasons they can go with this. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like this is a 10, 10, 10 season run. Not 10, but I mean, it doesn't feel like it's lost much steam at all. It's true. That's true. But on the other hand, if you want to go out on top when, you know, you never really know when that's going to be. I don't know. I feel like they have to tell the story of this Pied, like Pied Piper has to deliver a product and maybe be bought. And that's where you can leave things. So maybe okay. it's another season, maybe two. Yeah, I could see a couple more. All right. All right, well, that's Bald Move TV. We'll be back whenever there is TV to talk about. Um, don't really do feedback. Although you can discuss this episode on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you around.